Hey everyone, this is Anastasia. And this is Lauren. Welcome to Wait to Panic, a podcast where two friends take turns trying to scare one another shitless. This week, it's Lauren's turn. Hell yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be a weird one. It's a doozy. (laughs) Ah! There we go. Do you feel better? (laughs) Fair enough. What are you drinking this week? I am drinking jasmine green tea this week. Oh. Yeah. I like that. I'm drinking box wine. My... Box wine? Box wine. I love box wine. We don't have any alcohol. Well, we have rum, but I don't consider that alcohol because, bleh, in my opinion. I have very limited <laughs> alcohol tastes, though. Like, I am picky opinions. as all hell. Uh, so we don't... Like, if it's not... It's not wine or whiskey, like, probably not drinking it. I mean, I like 151. Uh, yeah, I know, that's the usual reaction. But I also like Rum and I else. had a bad experience my freshman year of college. Oh, tequila and I had a bad experience in college. Ooh, tequila's on my yes list. Uh, tequila's on my major no list. What's your, is tequila your largest no? Because I have a largest no from my last year of college. yeah. Yeah, turns out, like, projectile vomiting pizza rolls is... <laughs> oh, no! Yeah, yeah, not not great memory maker for uh, keeping tequila on the yes list. Yeah, so mine was Fireball. Ooh, that is... Right mm. after midterms, the night before my dad was picking me up to drive me back home, because the town I went to college in didn't have, like, I had no need for a car, so I didn't have a car there. I couldn't just drive myself home. So my dad drove and picked me up with my sister but the night before a friend of mine uh let's call her jessica had decided that it was a great idea post midterms to drink huckleberry vodka and fireball whiskey and we each got a full domino's pizza why and we finished all of it between the two of us the most disgusting sounding combination oh it was so bad it was so bad, but we did it, and that was the first time I had a hangover, but I didn't know what a hangover was yet because I was still underage, and I, you know, had resiliency within my body that I no longer had. Oh yeah, no kidding. So yeah, I woke up and got to go bump along in the back seat of a Jeep Ooh. for six hours with Ooh. my first hangover. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so fireball's a no for me. Yep, that's that's understandable. We all make choices. Yep, 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 yep. And some choices. Tequila, we... whiskey, and wine. Don't don't get very occasionally a beer. Very occasionally. If anyone wants to get me a gift, though, really, wine and whiskey. Yeah, it's true. Friends. We love our wine and whiskey. Yeah. Wine and whiskey. Not together though. That's gross. Not today. Oh, God. But, you know, whiskey with some nice, like, apple cider heated up. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's good stuff. Now, will you drink rum? What were we talking If What were we talking about? <laughs> well, I don't know. We were talking about what we were drinking, and then we derailed. Oh, right. And then we went into fun college stories. Yeah. So if you Quote, want unquote, to hear more, fun. more fun college stories from us, let us know, and, and we will <laughs> tell more of them. Because we've known yeah, each other sure. for a while. <laughs> I've got plenty. Yep. <laughs> Those were a strange couple of years. They really were. But they were fun, for the most part. They were fun. 
For the, yeah, for the most part. I could have done without some portions, but you know, other portions were awesome. Yeah, that's just life, though. Ain't that the truth. So what's your happy this week? Ooh, my happy this week is that I have Monday off. Yay! And Monday yeah, off! Super excited about that. I had a four-day weekend. I also have a four-day weekend, but that's not my happy. What is? Uh, my happy is that I finally got myself a little workout station oh, set nice. up that n- no one can see, but I'm attempting here. There like we go. It. Oh, I see the foam roller. So I've got a little wall mount section that will hold my iPad so I can have a video and do some yoga in front of it. It's awesome. And I'm very excited. Nice. Very excited. So we've all been stuck inside. And while running is great, and Coda loves it when we go run, I'm not that great at doing it consistently. Story of my life. It all starts yeah. out with great intentions and then life. I'm very good at planning to run oh yeah not so great at running so for an unsponsored plug if you download zombies run i tried it okay i i i love it but i have to turn off the zombie chases because despite me recommending the app i don't like zombies like at all dead things should stay dead which is also ironic that we have this podcast <laughs> but so so why don't you explain what zombies run is a little bit just in case you know they ever want to sponsor us and we can just start plugging it now true uh so it's basically this it's a running app that takes you through like this guided storyline and you're a survivor from a helicopter crash and obviously there's a zombie apocalypse kind of thing and you end up taking the place of a runner from was it Evil Township, I think it was. And, I don't know. It's a little group of people yeah. that banded together. Yeah, and your whole job is to go collect supplies and find out information and all that sorts of things. But if you aren't like me and you keep the zombie chases on while you're out getting supplies and all that, uh, you occasionally come across zombie hordes and they will chase you. And as they get closer, if you're a slow poke like me, Uh, They get louder, and I don't like that. So if you need motivation to run and that's up your alley, uh, download that, and you can have some fun. But I recommend Yeah, that's definitely the method that I tried, and I disliked it so much that I deleted the app rather than try it without the zombie noises, because it's just scared the crap out of me. Yeah, I look, I couldn't even watch Zombieland. Well, and I, I made the really big mistake of trying to do it when it was winter. Oh. So it was still dark outside. Yeah. Now, this is like a full, yeah. you do it when it's daylight and bright and the weather is okay. Yeah. No clouds. It doesn't have to be warm, but you have to have no clouds. Yeah. Because about the time yeah. it starts getting doom and gloomy, it gets real creepy. You couldn't watch Zombieland, really. No. No. I. Huh? Well. What? Remember that one time we went and saw Pride and Prejudice and Zombies yeah, for some reason? that was fine. That was fine. It was terrifying. But I had someone with me who also didn't like zombies, and that makes a difference. <laughs> That's true. I just remember Blake dropping you off and being like, why are you two seeing this movie? Yeah, I forgot that was a movie. <laughs> right? I've never seen it anywhere. Like, 
No. Like, Netflix, like it just kind of disappeared off it the just... edge of the world after it came out. Yeah, it really did. Huh. It was a pretty good movie. It wasn't bad. It really wasn't bad. I, I kind of wish they would do the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <gasps> I super wish they would do the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yes. That would be awesome. I loved that book. I had I had so many questions when it was done. Like, I wanted a sequel, but sequels like that are usually terrible, so. Maybe we should add that to our little book club list. That would be fun. I haven't read it in such a long time. Yeah, me either. I, I remember how it ended, but nothing that led up to it. Which, by the way, listeners, we are starting a book club sidecast, is what I'm going to call it. No idea how long it'll be, no idea what access will be like for it, no idea when we're going to post it, but it's going to happen at some point. We've got a so list. So if you want to know what we're reading, we're going to include that somewhere at some point in time. I mean, I know we were Ooh. thinking of doing it like as a, a Patreon book club kind of thing, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. And if you have any I recommendations, th- feel free to to send them in to us and we'll add them to our list if they sound interesting. We like weird books. We do. Fantasy, sci-fi. True crime. Cults. Cults. True crime. History. Cults. Just don't send me anything boring. Yeah. Everything else fair game. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of stories... You want to hear mine? I, yeah, we should probably get this uh, train back on the tracks at some point. <laughs> chugga, 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 chugga. Uh, <laughs> this might be one of our new things. I've been chugging since last week. Yeah. Well, you might have a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> Different kind of chug, but I like the uh, joke. <laughs> so today, I am going to butcher the pronunciation. And I apologize I've in advance. I've done it umpteen times. We, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's just going to keep happening. Uh, so we are talking about Omema Nelson. Okay, I saw the name on the list last night, and I'm curious because I had to force myself to not look up anything. <laughs> yeah, I thought that might happen. I'm glad I didn't have to tell you not no, to. No, I'm, I'm good. I didn't want to spoil anything. Good. So I'm so super high level, then we're going to go detail. Okay. Omema Ari Nelson murdered, cooked, and ate her husband in the early 1990s. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's one way to end a marriage. It's one way. It's one way. Uh, so let's rewind and start at the beginning. All right. In meteorites. Uh, so, Omema, our... I don't know what to call her when it's the bad thing, but she's still the point of the story. <laughs> um... Infamous lady? There you uh, go. I like it. Sure. Omema, our infamous lady, was born in 1968 in Egypt. Um, so she was born into an abusive family. Her, Both she and her mother were regularly abused by her father in the form of beatings, molestation, uh, verbal abuse, emotional abuse. And I am sorry for having to say these words, uh, even to the point of Omema was put through a circumcision, which is female genitalia mutilation. I was going to say, like, the female side of it, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. still a thing. So bas- basically, they, they really fucked up everything that would down her business. Yeah, that's, that's still a thing that people do nowadays, yeah. and it's sickening. It's horrifying. It, I, I... Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry I had to say those words on this. 
Yeah, that's okay. I'm sure we're going to say worse things at some point. Oh, I don't know if I can say something worse than genital mutilation. Just the the thought of it. Like, I can't even think about, like, getting a, like, piercing or anything like that down there like some people do. Like, fair point. What? Yeah. Uh, it's, It's a tender area. Uh... But moving away from talking about genitalia, uh, so poor Mama went through all of these terrible things, and as did her mother. And luckily, eventually, they escaped, and she and her mother moved to Cairo. So got away from her father, got away from that abusive situation, moved to Cairo. But they're still in extreme poverty, so they're still really just scrapping by a lot of like petty theft to keep things going, and. Eventually, Omeima met and started dating an American oil worker. And because they developed a sexual relationship, her mother insisted that they get married. It makes sense. Like, it doesn't say exactly what year it was, but she was 18 at the time. So, you know, 1968 to 18 years after that. Math. I'm an accountant. Who would have known? (laughs) Um... But it's still relative, like, there's still a lot of very conservative thinking about sex pre-marriage and all these things. Makes perfect sense why her mother would be insisting on them getting married. So, Omeima agreed, and her reasoning was, hey, this is a way to get out of poverty. Yeah. So, she'd always been in a bad situation. Everything around her was really fucked up. She went saw a light at the end of the tunnel and went, let's go get that. So they get married. Hmm? I said, I can't blame her for that, but... mm. Cannot blame. Um, So when her husband's oil rig gig, which I was very happy while I wrote that oil rig gig, uh, ended in Egypt, she returned to the U.S. with him at the age of 18, as previously mentioned. So they hightail it back to the U.S. They end up in Texas, which is where he was from. And very shortly thereafter, they break up. So, goodbye, husband number one. Okay, this is not, not the husband that she did all this to? No. Okay. <laughs> this I, is the, that's, that's an extreme form of a breakup, if, if that's what we're starting with. Nope, this is the first husband. Okay. There's more. Do you think he looked uh, back and was like, whew, dodged that bullet? Oh, probably. Probably. <laughs> uh... Not so much as a different boyfriend that we will talk about yeah. in a little bit, though. Um, so at the time, she was 18, jobless, alone, in Texas, minority, doesn't speak English, and she is just scraping on by, living off of minor jobs like housekeeping, nannying, and some modeling, like all part-time, none of them full-time, just really trying to get on by, but... The modeling really gets focused on a lot in all of the accounts that I saw because she was such, and is such, a just beautiful woman. Like, she is gorgeous. Um, so she's described most often as slender with olive skin and doe-like eyes. Okay. She's just yeah. just a lovely-looking person. Yeah. Um, all the better to lure you in with. And unfortunately, she had all of the other shit that happened, so it kind of messed some things up. Um, So yeah, she's been going through, she's got part-time modeling and nanny gigs, and she finally goes, you know what, I need something a little bit more solid than this. So she falls back on what she learned in Cairo, and she starts living off of boyfriends. Oh, okay. 
I thought yeah. you were just going to say so she has a theft. pattern. What's that? I said I thought you were just going to say she fell back on petty theft, but that works. A little bit of that, but more so the boyfriends. Um, so she has a pattern. Start dating. Immediately move in. Spend all their money. Spend, 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 spend. Don't know what she spent it on. They didn't mention that. They just mentioned that she spent it. Uh, if there is a confrontation or she gets bored, rob them and disappear. Oh, okay. So there's your petty theft. Okay, well, she got it like, in there. Yeah, use it while you can, while you're not bored. If they haven't said anything, like if they don't complain about your shopping habits, if they don't check the Amazon account, that's their fault. Yep. You're all having a good time. The moment they say something, bail. She's got a pattern. To, she has a plan. She likes to stick to it. Hey, if it um, works, it works. It's not broke, don't fix it, Not recommended. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think at least at this point you could cut her some slack given her upbringing. I mean. There's definitely yeah. some stuff going on there. And, yeah. like, this is clearly a really big struggle situation. Um, Like, girls seen some shit. Yeah. So there's. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, but it, it escalates to the point of one man, and this is the boyfriend that feels like he dodged that bullet, uh, Robert Hansen, was left in such a manner that he was tied to a chair, threatened with a shotgun, and then robbed and Obama ran. Okay. Well, that covers the so pieces. Literally dodged the bullet yeah. of the shotgun. Yep. Well, it is Texas. It is Texas. <laughs> Uh, so eventually, with this pattern of part-time jobs and drifting around between men, Omema ends up in Orange County, California. Ooh. Okay. Sunny coastal side. Really nice, like... Wealthy. You can see why someone that dodges between boyfriends would be attracted to Orange County. Lots and lots of sunshine and money. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Well, we never said she was stupid. Oh, no. I don't think she's dumb in any way. Not after reading everything. Like, I, I think she is a very intelligent person that has been through some really traumatic shit and did not cope in the best way possible. But there's also a question of, did she receive the appropriate resources to be able to cope in the appropriate way possible? Yeah. I don't know. It's very unclear. Um, But she makes it to Orange County, California. She's looking for that California live-in. And October of 1991, Omema meets... Bill Nelson of Texas. Bill sounds like he was a nice guy. For the most part, ish. It, it depends on who you believe in the story as well. Well, is it the lady so, who chopped him up and boiled him, or? Well, so Bill is the victim. Yeah. Yeah, Bill is the victim. But whether or not he was a nice person, I was going to say, it's not deciding. like we can really get his side of the story at this point, I imagine. Hold off on okay, the site. Okay. Um, so they met over a game of pool in Huntington Beach, California. So, you know, you walk into a bar, you're just playing some pool, and you see that hot person over there, and someone who actually has the confidence to approach someone in a bar goes and approaches them. Okay. I've never met someone like that. Well, actually, that's a lie. I've met someone in my master's, but only in my <laughs> master's. It was a one-time event that I met someone with the confidence to approach someone at a bar. Nope, wait. I guess you could technically count Rory, but we were there with a group of friends. You know, I I say count it because girls are more intimidating in a group than just by themselves. That's true. We're going to give Rory the cred. Rory is the second person and the only one that successfully managed to 
that I know of to approach someone in a bar and make it happen. So good job, Rory. <laughs> um, so yes. So they approach each other in the bar and they hit it off instantly. She's 23 at this point and he is 56. Yep. 33 year difference. I mean, I know in some cultures that the age difference is not a big thing, but that's a big age difference. It's a big age difference, especially with her being so young. Like, I think if she had been, like, 33, a lot of people would not balk at it quite as much. Like, it's still 33-year age difference. Like, that's a big old age difference. And you start to wonder, like, hey, why is this extremely attractive young lady interested in a 56-year-old man? I mean, daddy issues are a thing. Daddy issues are a thing. Uh, Bill also seemed like her type. Ah, wealthy. So he was the kind of guy that went for looks. So he supposedly drove a red Corvette, wore bright red cowboy boots, a big gold belt buckle, and showed off his wealth whenever he could. So he's in there flashing wads of cash. And all I could think of when they said red cowboy boots was Ted from How I Met Your Mother and whether or not he could pull it off. Yeah, I'm betting he didn't. But he pulled it off enough to nail her in. That was really bad phrasing. To, that was very to, bad phrasing. To reel, to her, reel in. her in. Let's go with that. <laughs> uh, so his friends described him as larger than life. Um, so he's also a Texan, like her previous husband. Gee, the belt and, buckle and boots didn't clue me in. Although I know, right? Cowboy boots, like, ugh. I, I just, I'm of a firm belief yeah. that cowboy boots or riding boots in any shape or form should be brown. Or black. I think that sounds reasonable because they're for utility, yeah. right? They're not fashion shoes. Yeah. If you are wearing boots like that for fashion, you should just not be wearing those boots. Yeah. Or, I mean, just expect that they're not going to last. And also minor judgment from us. Yeah, definitely minor judgment from us. It's minor, though. So, you know, eh, we'll still be friends with you. Yeah. We might make fun of you, but yeah. we'll do it to your face. Absolutely. That's, that's how this... That's how this works. whole friendship works. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be friends with us, you got to get made fun of. Um, so he, yeah, so he's off. He's flashing around his red boots. Going to pull in all the ladies. Uh, throwing around cash at this bar, you know. Woo, dive bar, playing some pool. Big spenda. Um, and he's, he's a pilot, so he's probably got some really good stories. Ooh. Especially since he used to smuggle weed. Oh, yeah, I forgot that used to be a thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's decriminalized and or legalized now, depending on where you're at. And But previously, in, like, 1986, 1991, 1991, that's what we're in, uh, it, was, it was still a big issue. He spent a few years in prison for smuggling weed in his plane. We're not going to get into the injustice that is some minorities being given life sentences over possessing marijuana even though it's now decriminalized yeah, and legalized because i don't have the legal education for it and i think it deserves way more attention than it gets currently and we're just opinionated um, and that will derail us again so far but i i wanted to make sure it was in there because again i think it's important to mention and get people thinking about but we're going to keep moving and we can have a side conversation at another point in time. Um, we should just, pilot, we should just do like a fireside chat one day. 
Oh, we should do a fireside chat. Who wants to do a Zoom call with us? Right, we'll just bullshit with you for days. It's fine. I'll get a box of wine. We can so stay glued. Wine. What? So much wine. So much wine. <laughs> anyway. That's a great idea. I right. love that idea. Who like wants that. to do that with us? That sounds awesome. I'm sorry. I derailed and us again. That's okay. We're going to have a great time with this. Uh, let's wrap up Bill real quick. Which will be funny later for a certain reason. Uh, so Bill, very flashy guy, spent time in prison for smuggling weed, is legally married to another woman still. Okay. But he's hitting on 23-year-old Omema and had children, some of which were older than Omema. Okay. So we can still hear his side of the story from their perspective, is why I said let's wait on that one. Um. So they were married within either a few days or weeks. The reports kind of vary, but wait, while he whichever was, it was, it while he was still married to someone else, he got married again. Yep. Okay. Was that not illegal in California at that time? They went to Arizona. No idea uh, if it was or was not legal in either place. Gotcha. And even in the court proceedings, there were arguments of whether or not their marriage was actually legal. But from what I can tell, it was deduced like yes. They intended to be married. They were married in a court. We're going to call them married, even though there's there's some real sketchiness around that business. Um, so, yeah, they went within a couple of days and or weeks, got married. And we're not sure exactly when it was, but we, we know that they were married at least by Thanksgiving Day. So they met in October 1991. They were married before Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is when shit gets weird. Well, it's always around the holidays, right? I mean... Everyone goes a little bonkers around holidays. Oh, God, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Again, who wants a fireside chat? We have stories. I can tell you about the first time I cursed in front of my family. It was accidental. Ooh, that had to be fun. Should I just tell the story real quick? Let's wait for later. Let's wait for later. Okay. You all have to wait now and wonder. Um. So, hit Thanksgiving. The holidays are weird. And... The marriage isn't going great. Shocker that a 33-year age difference and a whole bunch of other shit that we will talk about impacts things. Um, So their honeymoon supposedly introduced physical abuse into the relationship. This is from Omema's account. Um, Bill's family argues that he was not physically abusive, but per Omema... When she would refuse to engage in, like, kinky sex, specifically bondage, which is why wrapping up is funny, Ah. uh, Bill would beat her, and she testified that he once punished her by throwing her new kitten out of a car window. What an asshole. I take back everything I said earlier. Yeah. So, one quote that I pulled from Murderpedia, my good old friend, which is where most of my information is coming from. Oh, yeah, we didn't do sources, Um, did we? So, Murderpedia. Murderpedia. Murderpedia is beautiful, by the way. It pulls in a bunch of sources from various locations into one spot. It's wonderful. But Murderpedia had a quote that was, I paid for you, I'm getting what I paid for. Oh, shit. And... I said, oh, shit. Oh, shit, for sure. Um... You know, Mama recalled Bill screaming that at her, essentially, and just, like, said that her husband raped and beat her several times, including once when she threatened to leave him. Cheerful. 
girl's been through some shit. Lots of shit. Yeah. Um, so you hit Thanksgiving weekend, and Omanima later testified in court that Bill was sexually assaulting her when she snapped. So over Thanksgiving weekend, she's getting assaulted. She snaps. She grabs a pair of scissors and stabs Bill repeatedly. He ain't dead yet. So then she beats him with an iron, which I take as like a clothing iron versus like a fire iron. Didn't specify. Um, and other objects until he died. Oh, okay. So mass brutalization and just like you can you can tell this was an emotional murder. Yeah. Very emotional murder. Um, so once he was dead, oh, this is so weird and so cringy. Uh, <laughs> she she got dressed up. Oh, like to go out on the town. So. Uh, right? Oh, that hesitation. Uh, so she. She is. Oh, you can you. I I can. I'm see. sure you can hear it, but you cannot see how much I'm I, cringing I can at this. See the so un- she, like discomfort. Yeah. So she put on red shoes. A red hat and red lipstick. Does this remind you of Bill the night they met whatsoever? Because it reminded me yeah, of Bill a the night bit. they met. Like female Bill. Yep. 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 Uh, and then she proceeded to dismember Bill's body, including castrating him in revenge for the alleged rapes, which are unproven. Um, I would have said more revenge for, you know, hers, but okay. Oh, for, well, he didn't do no, that, but you, from a psychotic yeah, break point, yeah. I could totally say that, like, hey, someone cast, like. Someone did this to me without me asking, I'm yeah. going to do it to you. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, no one said psychological breakdowns weren't, uh, were logical things. <laughs> if they were illogical, they wouldn't be called psychotic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So then she cooked his head. And either, their accounts differ on this, she either boiled or fried his hands in oil, and then she cooked his ribs barbecue style. She later testified that she prepared the ribs like in a restaurant and said out loud, it's so sweet when she ate it. Okay, so we're putting cannibal on the charge too. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, her and Jeffrey Dahmer. Yep. Uh, she actually, in an initial hearing, Omema confessed to cooking and eating her husband's ribs barbecue style, and she later denied this act in a later hearing, but she earned a comparison to both the fictional character Hannibal Lecter and Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer, the people nomer. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I swear I've heard you say that before, but I had forgotten that I'd heard you say that You're before welcome. until just now. Uh. Uh, I save that just for moments well, like this. Well, now it's... Oh, man. Now we need to come up with one for Omema. Um, mm. Well, if you guys think of one before we do, let us know. Yeah, I'm getting crickets right yep, now. Lots of crickets. So let's go back to the story. So after she ate his ribs, barbecue style, uh, she took out the garbage she wrapped up the body leftovers uh and mixed them in with old thanksgiving day turkey and threw it all in the trash there are some accounts that say she may have given the garbage bag to a friend and offered him seventy five thousand to dispose of it but the most accounts i found were of her just thrown in the garbage can 
if you were that friend, what should have been your first indication that something wasn't right with that bag of garbage? Mm-hmm. Like, I know rich mm-hmm. people are crazy, but uh, 75 grand to throw away a bag of garbage is... That's not a tip. No, that's a red flag. That's a big old red flag. So, yeah. Yeah. So then we go into her court cases. Because she very quickly got picked up. It was was December. So we were already right at the end of November. She didn't make it more than a few days. uh, And then she got picked up and turned on in because people found her husband's remains in the garbage can. See, she should have talked to Carol Baskin. And uh, oh, no. they would have never found her husband. I hear a little sardine oil really cover all your problems. Oh, really? I never finished watching Tiger King. I got really sad at you, it. You have to. And then you... I don't think I do. Ugh. All right. How about the third episode of Lore? I will watch okay. that. I just keep forgetting about it. I need it. someone to be angry with me. <laughs> okay. I can be angry with you. That can happen. It doesn't have animals in it, does it? No. No, just... A big old douchebag of a husband. Okay, I can deal with that. I can deal with that. Uh, remind me later that I have an animal story to tell you, by the okay, way. Okay, will do. Okay. So, let's talk about some of the court... I have, a, like, a shit ton of quotes just pasted in here from all of the court cases. Um, so, Omema was represented by Deputy Public Defender Thomas G. Mooney, and... Essentially, the argument was Omeima Nelson, at the age of 24, had been a long-suffering victim of battered woman syndrome and that the psychological malaise from that entire condition, which obviously, like, that makes perfect sense that she had that because girl had it rough growing up the whole time. Um, They're basically saying, hey, she was not psychologically there. That's why there was a murder. And... Mooney essentially just made the claim Omema had been involved in other abusive relationships before meeting Bill and that he also abused her during their two-month relationship, which falls in line with Omema's testimony and what she says. So the deputy district attorney, Randolph J. Pulowski, Pulowski? Paul Pulowski, um, which was the one that was not the defender, which is, I can't think of the word, prosecutor, was the prosecutor, uh, told the judge, Robert R. Fitzgerald, in the Superior Court, because it went out to the Superior Court, that the prosecution essentially was going to say, oh, maybe it had other motives. So, Pulowski said that they were going to prove that essentially the deep bruised rings around both of William's ankles, because apparently there were deep bruised rings around Bill's ankles, um, are evidence that he had been in bondage during sexual acts and that essentially Omeima Nelson was going to do to her, him what she had done to Robert Hansen, which was tie him up and hold him up at gunpoint and demand money. Okay. I was going to make a joke that maybe they were from his boots, but meh. <laughs> Yeah, no, this seems, I mean, both, one is what Omeima said, the other is following Omeima's, like, pattern of habits, like. I feel like this, this all kind of stems from, she didn't really want to have sex. 
No. Like, which makes sense because genital her. mutilation makes everything extremely painful. Yeah. So, I like, can't really blame a girl. Can't cannot blame in that instance, but supposedly Bill had been di- tied up, but Omema still claims that um she was tied up and raped the night that she killed Bill. In which case, if you were tied up and raped, how did you grab scissors and get free? I don't know, but I this this story kind of left me with both questions and answers, and I want to know more. Um, so eventually, Omema was convicted of second degree murder, and she was sentenced to twenty eight years to life in prison. Um, a lot of this, a lot of what kind of contributed to that sentencing was that she was diagnosed as post-traumatic has post-traumatic stress disorder battered woman syndrome and was functionally psychotic like she would not be a functional human in society at the time of her conviction um so she's got 28 years to life they didn't have the evidence to prove a first degree murder so that did not even like it was an option got second degree 28 years to life um she's come up for parole a few different times and she has not gotten it. So 2011 was the one that I found quotes for. So Amema denied eating her husband in that parole. She said, and I quote, I swear to God, I did not eat any part of him. I am not a monster. But when people asked what her purpose in cooking him was, she had no answer. So it was suggested that she maybe dismembered him and cooked him to avoid meeting him in the afterlife. Uh, supposedly Egyptian myth says like if their body is intact you'll meet them in the afterlife I did not do a full checkup on that right Um, yeah I do remember that yeah so it's supposedly that's something but I don't know why you would have to cook them it seems like that would just follow the dismemberment and I I didn't see any good reasoning like if she didn't do the actual eating why you would cook the body yeah it does seem like an unnecessary step but Again, we all make choices. We all make choices. Some make bad ones. Uh, Omema also tried to prove her readiness to be in society by describing her relationship with her then-husband, now deceased, because she remarried again. And it, he was not named, but he was a older gentleman in his 70s. And she described them as having three-day conjugal visits where knives were in the kitchen and he never felt threatened or endangered in any way. I love him so much. Wait, I'm sorry. She got married again after Bill? She did. Was this some... While in prison. Oh. hmm I always wonder, like, the people who have, like, prison pen pals and whatnot or, like, the, the lady who was in love with, was it Charles Manson? And I don't remember if she... I mean, there's been a few. Like, Ted Bundy was also on yeah. there. Like, he proposed to someone during his trial. Ted it was crazy. Mm. <laughs> I'm just going to, like, grumble every time his name comes up because I have opinions about him and none are flattering. That is fine. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so, like, that was part of her proof. Is like, well, I got married again and my new husband was never scared of me. That's because he was partially senile. Yeah, yeah, 70s. He was was up there. That was in 2011. Oh, shit, that was, like, recent-ish. It's very recent, so I'm going to do some quick math real quick. 
nope, that was the wrong way to do that math. She's an accountant. We so swear. She, she was she was 43, so it was another, like, 30, 40 year difference, depending on how old exactly he was. Well, like, she's got a type. She does. She has a type. She likes them older. She, okay. she knows what she likes, and she goes for it. She's not having it with any of the younger men. Um, so that was part of her rationale, and Bill Nelson's daughter actually stood up at that parole hearing and shared a statement to try and keep Omema in prison. Um, so I'm going to just read a quote real quick, also from Murderpedia. So the last person to speak before deliberations was Nelson's 35-year-old daughter, Margaret. It took her several moments to compose herself before she could read a written statement about not having her father at her wedding or being able to introduce him to her eight-week-old daughter. She revealed that her father had invited her to Thanksgiving dinner, the one where he died, to meet his new wife, but Margaret had angrily refused, and but she's, Margaret said that her father had remained kind and patient. Uh, so Margaret also shared that the reason she was at the hearing was to return some human dignity to the man who was my father. And she she gave a very tearful and candid closing remark, which was, I don't know the adequate punishment for a murderer who doesn't even leave a family a body to mourn over, but I do know you don't let her out. I mean, she's not wrong. Those are all fair statements. Yep. So, Amema was denied parole. Uh, the commissioners concluded that Amema had not taken responsibility for the murder, and her record at the prison showed that she would still be a threat if released. She hadn't done any, like, educational or vocational learning while she was there, and she still just basically wasn't taking responsibility for what she did, even though it was very clear that she had killed him. Um, so she basically was just and, a prisoner. She didn't make any attempt to put an effort yeah. towards being, oh, good behavior kind of thing. Yep. Hmm. But she'll have another chance for parole in 2026 at the age of 58. That's crazy. That's like the same age as like our moms. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's. Uh. Yeah, it's real wild. Speaking of moms, though, I have my fun fact for the episode. Oh, okay. So my parents met in Orange County. Oh. In October 1978. At a Halloween party. Huh. Uh-huh. So right around the same time of year, in the same location, off by a few years, thank goodness. I was going to say, yeah. did they happen to go to a dive bar and see a lovely doe-eyed lady and a man with red boots? They didn't because they were youngins. So my mom was like 15 or 16 or 14, something like that. She was too young to be at a Halloween party. My dad was like 17 or 18 and uh, my mom walked up to my dad and went, those guys are bothering me. Would you pretend to be my boyfriend for the night? That's adorable. It's very cute. I love my parents' meeting story. <laughs> and thus, 30-some years later, longer than that. I, I'm bad at math today. What's 2020 minus 1978? Dude, I don't get paid to do math. Like, you, <laughs> that is literally your job. <laughs> I mean, not really. Yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> 42 years later. There you go. 42 years later. We need Rory in here if we want math to be done. He's the one who's good at that. I'm really good at building shit. Yeah, I see uh, 
writing. The similarity between our relationships is our guys are really good at math and 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 we're creative. Yeah, we're creative. And we and we cook and cook. we're nice and fun. And we'll make you fat with how much baked goods we make. And then we will make you go to the gym with us. Right. <laughs> it's it's we're a, kind of monsters. It's a vicious circle. <laughs> We will feed you the bad thing and then be like, come with us. We're squishy. We need to get rid of it. I know I was the cause. <laughs> I made mistakes for both of us and now I must fix them for both of us. <laughs> uh, we, we take responsibility. We do. Unlike Omema. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's a story. I was not expecting her to still be alive. Mm -hmm. It's weirdly recent. Yeah. And... Yeah, especially to have remarried. Like, I know that's a thing that people fall in love with, like, death row inmates and all that, but I don't understand how or why or the logic behind it, but... So, yeah, it's not a doozy of a story. That, yeah, that is. That was a thing. Is a thing. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening, and check back next Sunday for another episode. Thank you to Brian Bennett for the use of his track radar, and as always, make good choices and remember, wait, wait to, to panic. panic.